Welcome to the Balanced Bod Podcast. My name is Kara Sinto, and I'm joined today by registered dietitian nutritionist Lauren Fowler to talk about how she guides women to break free of the diet cycle and trust our bodies by paying better attention to them. The mission of the Balanced Bod is to spread positive vibes, love, and the belief in better health and wellness for everybody. This podcast is intended to feature wellness influencers and share conversations with amazing human beings. Hi, Lauren. How are you today? I'm great. How are you doing? Doing well, thank you. I'm getting over a cold, so my voice might sound a little bit deeper today than it normally does, <laughs> but thankfully I'm feeling much better today than I was a couple nights ago. Great. I know the colds are a lot. They come up a lot this time of year. Yeah, right? So let's get to our first question. The Balanced Bod's mission is to educate others how to live an active, healthy, and overall balanced lifestyle. This aligns with the message of registered dietitian Lauren Fowler's nutrition coaching business. Lauren, what is one mantra or positive affirmation that you use yourself and with the women with whom you work learning to find balance? Lately, I've been really using the mantra, let go. So sometimes in the morning, I'll use it as a meditation and on the inhale, uh, say let go, let to myself and on the exhale, say go. And I think it's like really perfect for the fall when the leaves are changing and the trees are letting go of their leaves. So I kind of imagine myself letting go of the thoughts or mindsets that don't really serve me anymore in order to kind of continually evolve and grow. So a lot of times with clients, I'll help them uncover these mindsets around their relationship with food or their body. Because what I see a lot is that they have a lot of shoulds or shouldn'ts. So rules like I should eat greens daily, I should eat this amount of vegetables, or I shouldn't eat any sugar, or I shouldn't eat gluten or dairy or whatever it is. But these are really kind of these external rules that people pick up from diets or they hear on in different magazines or from their friends that are trying different things. But the rules really kind of hold us back because they're external rather than really listening to your own body's wisdom because everyone's body is unique and should be eating in a different way that feels good to each person at each at their t- uh, each point of their life as well. So listening to your own body's wisdom gives you that freedom and flexibility with food because some days you won't eat any greens or there may be a weekend where you barely eat any vegetables and some days you may eat a lot of sugar and that's okay too. It's more about kind of looking at the balance over over the long term because over the week it may be more balanced even if there's one day that's less balanced. And allowing yourself that freedom and flexibility with food helps prevent you from feeling so much guilt and shame when you, do, when you don't eat any greens or you do eat a lot of sugar. Mm, I resonate with so much of what you just said, and I love that mantra of letting go. Mm-hmm. And it's so simple to just kind of repeat to yourself in your head throughout the day. For my second question, I'd like to read an excerpt of yours from the About page of www.laurenfowler.co. You write... I believe that we are all born as natural intuitive eaters. With time, we can rediscover these signals from our bodies. I believe in devouring whole foods from nature, in savoring chocolate, and finding pleasure in food and life. I believe that our struggles with food can teach us an incredible amount about us, about discovering self-compassion, self-love, trusting ourselves, and our bodies. 
I believe in living from my heart, my intuition, and my body. To listen to and honor my desires and cravings in life, desires for nourishing foods, incredible relationships, love, adventure, freedom, play, courage, and presence. Most of all, I believe this is possible and incredibly needed for all. This is another message of yours that resonates with me personally, and listening to my intuition as a way to take care of myself is something that I think I'll continue to learn every day of my life. And for someone that is clueless about what any of this means, what are some first steps that we can take to pay better attention to our body's emotions and intuitive nature? Mm -hmm. So I like to just break it down. The intuition is really just listening to that inner voice and that we all have the inner voice and starting to trust it. So we may get these kind of like feelings or sensations of like, oh, you should try this and then get really excited about it. And sometimes we, we don't listen to that or we ignore it and we think that what we should do is we should do something that's more rational instead. But starting to sense and feel your way through things rather than always thinking your way through things is how you can start to listen to this intuitive sense. Um, and I always visualize that our intuition are in our, is in our body. It's kind of this gut feeling for us. So our bodies can be these incredibly wise teachers. So when it comes to food, our bodies can offer us clues of when to eat based on when we start to get hungry. And when it's a good time to stop, when you start to get fullness cues, they give us kind of cravings and signs of what your body may personally want. So for example, in like the fall and the winter, like right now, I'm always craving like warm, nourishing, like soups and curries. Well, in the summer, yeah, they're so good. I'm all about like smoothies and salads, and I don't really want to cook that much food. And um, if I had these rules, I think I may think that I should be having salads all the time, but really trusting that this is my, what my body wants this time of year, and that's great. Um, and for movement, it may be like feeling into how you're doing that day. Like some days you may want like a high intensity, like spinning class or power yoga. And other days you may want kind of like gentle stretches or like restorative yoga. So it's just about trusting all of those intuitive feelings and senses you get. And then I think when it comes to emotion, this can be a lot harder. And I think yoga and meditation can be really powerful for this because yoga is really about finding the union between your mind and body and heart. So in like a yoga class, a lot of emotions can come up, especially in like yin or restorative yoga, when you have the time and space to just relax and just be, because a lot of us don't give us, don't give ourselves time to just, to just relax. And we're always trying to do more in our to-do list or just be busy all the day, all day. And it's really not uncommon to cry in yoga classes because we hold a lot of emotions in our body, a lot of tense, you know, shoulders or hips. And that when we're releasing that, we can just kind of feel how we're feeling and feeling to that moment and just staying with emotion, even if it does get uncomfortable. Um, and just knowing that getting comfortable, feeling uncomfortable does take time and practice because when we start to feel these uncomfortable emotions, a lot of us just want to run and just do something else to avoid it. But it really allows the emotion to work through our body rather than always repressing it. So one easy tip that I love to do with myself and clients is just do this check-in with myself each morning and throughout the day with how I'm feeling. So I'll do a quick body check, like check in if I'm feeling more sore or tired or like energized or tense and where am I feeling tense or sore in my body. 
and then in releasing any tension, if I if I have uh, tense shoulders, I may like kind of do some shoulder rolls. Then doing a check-in kind of with my emotional state or my heart. Am I feeling like excited or anxious or sad or grounded? And I could be feeling a number of these emotions all at once. It's not always just one thing. So doing this check-in really helps ground me for the day and gives me an idea of how I'm showing up in the world. So if I have a day that I am feeling more tired or sad, then I'll give myself a break if I don't get everything done because I trust that emotions can feel uncomfortable, but they are also like temporary. So remembering that even if you do feel uncomfortable, you're just allowing that emotion to release and it, it's temporary that you will feel differently over time. So, you know, there's a number of different things, which is that all of these methods of self-care really help me feel into and trust this intuitive sense for myself. Mm. And you talked about staying with the feelings, even if we might feel uncomfortable with what is coming up. And that brings me to the next question I have for you. And I'm wondering if you can share one memorable experience where you were out of your comfort zone and how has it made you feel better? And, and maybe you can share how you felt actually during that, that uh, uncomfortable period and how that feeling maybe changed over time. Yeah, just staying with my feeling has been this kind of journey and process over time because I think I got so used to not feeling what I was feeling. So it's taken time and just kind of like, feeling my way through it and getting used to it. Um, one experience is like when I was in high school and college, what kind of brought me to this work was I also definitely struggled with disordered eating as well. Like I think a lot of women, I think just in men too, um, do as they're growing up and just in our society in general. So I obviously study nutrition. So at that point, I was really focused on being kind of a perfect eater and eating what, you know, only what I would consider good foods. So, and then one thing I was thinking about recently is that I tra- I've traveled a lot this year, and in the past, that really definitely caused me a lot of anxiety. So I'd always pack my own food if I went somewhere. I'd be worried that I wouldn't have anything to eat, or there wouldn't be any healthy food around. And if I ate one, quote-unquote, bad food, it would kind of stress me out or leave me super anxious and feeling like I needed to work out, even if it's just a few days. And just knowing that you know, back then I felt like one meal or one day would have been the end of the world. Even if now it's just a few days and it's just food and one meal won't give me any nutrient deficiencies or have any disastrous effects on my body. So then I was feeling like super anxious and kind of consumed by my food decisions. It's what I would think about. Or if I ate something earlier in the day, I would kind of judge what I would have to eat later in the day based on those decisions. Rather than now, like when I've traveled, I just kind of go with the flow now. I may pack a few snacks just in case, but I don't really think about food until I start to get hungry. Like when I went to Spain, like we'd do something all day, then we'd get hungry and we'd just go find a place to eat and order and just really enjoy and savor the food. So like I definitely drink a lot more wine and ate less vegetables than I normally did do when I was there, but I really savored that food because Uh, food doesn't necessarily have to have, you know, nutritional value to eat it and enjoy it. We can have uh, this emotional experience with food and a more positive emotional eating experience of really savoring and celebrating and and finding gratitude for the food we're eating. And these experiences really help me kind of grow and evolve to the mindset I have around food now. Uh, You know, I have a quote on my, my site, kind of just my tagline is nourish, savor, and love. So creating these more 
nourishing and savoring experiences with food so we can save our food and go into our food decisions with this more self-love aspect rather than kind of a self-punishment aspect. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really grateful that I found you last year during a time when I personally was struggling with my own body image and binge eating and coping with difficult emotions in a way that was not good for me. And reading your blog posts and chatting with you in a Skype call last year gave me the momentum I think I really needed to begin talking with others about what was going on internally because I realized how not alone I was in my struggle. And although sharing openly about my own story is definitely not easy for me, it's been a source of healing and inspiration to others. I'm wondering what women should know about the services that you offer and how do we know when it is time to reach out for professional help? Oh, I'm firstly, I'm, I'm so grateful and I'm, thanks for, for saying that. I'm glad that helped. Um, so reaching out for professional help, I would say if you're finding yourself obsessing or thinking about food all the time, or if you're just stressing about every food decision, you don't really have to have a diagnosed eating disorder to have kind of a messed up relationship with food. You know, like I said earlier, I think a lot of people in America do have somewhat of a disordered relationship with food because we see diets or nutrition plans on on Facebook or on Instagram or in books every single day. So we kind of have these mindsets that we pick up from our culture rather than this more intuitive eating mindset, which is kind of totally different from the way most people think about food. So just knowing that if you do have this obsessive um, relationship with food or if you're finding yourself worrying about your, your body or trying to lose weight all the time, thinking about that all the time, then it could be time to seek out help. Um, and there's definitely a ton of focus on food and health in, in an obsessive way in our culture rather than this lo more loving way towards yourself. And doing this work kind of allows you to nourish yourself, but also free up time and energy to go live your life and do things you want to do rather than thinking about food all the time. So you can find more about my services on my website, laurenfowler.co, where I do have coaching programs and I do blog pretty regularly. Um, as well as I'm on social media lately, I'm mostly on Instagram and Periscope. And on my website, I also have a free breakup with diets email challenge that you can sign up for to get six different challenges um, over two weeks to help you start this, this progress towards creating your own intuitive eating journey. All of that sounds so great. Yay. <laughs> what else do we need to know about what you do and your mission to use a holistic mind-body approach to healing? So I just say that this work really is a journey. Um, it's not kind of going from place A to place B. You know, it takes lots of twists and turns along the way. You may feeling be feeling like you're doing really well and then have this like moment where you feel like you aren't. And all those times are really opportunities for you to grow and evolve and learn from those times. So you may learn more about yourself from a time when you're really struggling compared to when you're doing really well. Um, so it does take this journey to learn intuitive eating or building a better body image and kind of returning to your personal self-care practices. Or if you don't have any self-care practices, starting to build those in, even with five minutes a day, really counts and does matter in the long term. Because then you really learn so much about yourself along the journey rather than trying to do it through... Um, it's kind of the opposite of, you know, a diet, maybe like 30 days. And then at the end, you don't know where to go because you're 
kind of on this plan compared to if you're on your own journey, you can learn about yourself and look back at your own experiences and the lessons you've learned. Mm. Well, I definitely, I believe it's possible for us to, to learn from ourselves. And I think that that's helped me a lot personally. And Lauren, thank you so much for sharing your story and insight with us today. I, I know that I've learned even more from this chat that we've just had. Well, thanks for having me, Kara. I love following Lauren on Instagram. Find her at Lauren Fowler RDN if you want to see her cool yoga moves, inspiring quotes, cute doggies, and more. I hope you found Lauren's story as empowering and enlightening as I did. I'd love to know what you thought about the conversation, so reach out by posting on Instagram, Twitter, sharing a Facebook status, or sending me an email. All the links to the Balance Pod social media are linked below. I feel so thankful to have conversations with incredible human beings and connected listeners. Thank you for supporting the Balance Pod.